All right, everybody, welcome back to We Did Tennessee. I'm your host, Matt Mingus. Uh, happy to have you listening. Uh, we got a special guest today. You know, it's uh, there's been some changes at NUCA, and, and as we've mentioned on here before, George Kennedy has retired, and or I guess fully retired this time. He's I think he's been half retired for 10 years or so, but this time he fully retired, and although he'll always be a part of NUCA and, and there to help us and, and you know probably always answer the phone if you call him, I think Doug and, and the staff have done a great job at bringing in a, a, a replacement for him. Uh, I've gotten to speak to him a few times on safety committee calls and, and things of that nature. And I'm, I'm excited for what he can bring to the safety program uh, for, for NUCA and, and where we're headed. So uh, we got uh, Mr. Carl Vasquez with us. Carl, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Matt. Thank you for having me on the show. I certainly appreciate it. And, uh, Looking forward to our conversation today. Well, man, I always uh, always like to kick these things off uh, by just finding out a little bit about you. You know, where you're from, how you got into our industry, kind of what your background is. So if you don't mind, just kind of fill us in on who you are, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, you know, if you told me uh, when I was a kid that, uh, that this is where I'd be in this position right now, I'd have thought you were crazy. Uh, <laughs> the long and short of it is, I'm uh, originally from New York City. I was born and raised in New York City, in Manhattan. Uh, 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 a fun fact I like to tell people is that uh, my mother owns a two-bedroom. Well, she doesn't own; she rents a two-bedroom apartment in New York City, and she pays four hundred and sixty dollars a month. And how she got that rent is, you know, she moved in in nineteen sixty-eight and. Uh, got rent control and the rest is history. But, you know, funny fact. And, uh, cause, cause, cause now, nowadays you can't rent a cardboard box in New York city for less than 4,000. So, yeah, uh, I was, when you said 460, I was like, are, are you sure? Like, yeah, that's I'm crazy. not, yeah, I'm not missing a zero, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> four, six, zero. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just insane. Uh, it's just, it's just insane. But, um, so we grew up in New York city, went to high school when, you know, went to elementary, um, uh, junior high and call in, uh, high school in New York city. And I, you know, I, I just always knew from the time that I was 10 years old that I wasn't going to be in New York city. Um, you know, I, I, I always had an appreciation for open land, um, uh, being in the mountains and, and stuff like that. So, um, uh, I went off to college at the University of Massachusetts and um, uh, started there. Uh, and um, within two years, I kind of ran out of money and I was like, all right, what do I do? Do I drop out and try and come back or do I join ROTC, uh, the, the Reserves Officers Training Corps? So I went ROTC and uh, um, after uh, uh, I graduated, I got my commission in the Air Force um, as a second lieutenant, and um, uh, I, you know, traveled all over the world. I was a civil engineer uh, with the Red Horse Squadron, so um, that was really my introduction into construction. And then when I separated um, from the military um, uh, back in '04, um, I entered uh, the. Um, I entered the helmets to hard hats program uh, for for Clark Construction, and Clark Construction uh, is a, is again one of the biggest contractors in the United States. It's privately held. They're like four billion dollars a year, 
And um, uh, that really was my start in the construction industry uh, with the military and then pr uh, progressing into the private sector with Clark Construction. I started out as a project engineer uh, with Clark Construction, but then I realized that I was much more passionate about safety and helping people and connecting with people than I was on the operation side of the house. And um, from there, uh, I mean, you know, like without any, um, without any work or, or strategy of my own, I ended up working for uh, OSHA. I, and then I ended up going to transit um, uh, and, and, and being a part of some pretty big things in those arenas. And uh, somehow, some way, uh, when George Kennedy retired, uh, this position came open and I said, man, that looks really interesting. And it gets me back into a position where I can help people on a national level because uh, that's what I'm passionate about. Um, the, you know, the opportunity opened up and, and thankfully, uh, 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 you know, I, I got the gig. I got the job. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I can tell you I'm happy to have you on board at NUCA. Um like I said, when it opened, I, I'll, you know, through talking to you through safety committee meetings and, and, you know, we were chit chatting a little bit before we got started here, um, recording and, and I'm, I'm excited for what you are going to bring to the table. Cause you've got a little bit of a different perspective on safety and that's something that I like, you know, it's not just the, the safety nerd, uh, perspective. It, it, you know, it's a, it's a way to, in my opinion, actually engage people in safety. And I'm interested to see how you use that to help shape some of Nuka's programs. No, absolutely. You know, um, uh, you know, so just before we started recording, you know, we were talking a little bit and I told you that, you know, the person who knows how will always have the job and the person who knows why will always be the boss. And, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to people out in the field and, um, you know, as a safety professional, and they'll they'll tell me, well, um, well, here's the reason why we can't do that, and we can't do that because we don't have this equipment, we don't have that equipment. And I said, you know, I'll tell them, dude, I've been in your shoes before, and this is how we did it when I had a shovel in my hand and I had a hammer in my hand. This is how we did it, and you know, their jaws just drop because, like you said, you're not a safety nerd; you're a safety practitioner. And you actually know what the heck you're talking about. So, um, you know, being able to uh, 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 go in between both both sides of the fence uh, is really where uh, is really the type of safety professional that you want to have. And, you know, in positions like these uh, where you're sitting up in an office, uh, you know, at the association level, um, I, I still value getting out into the field. I still I, you know, you know, what, what, you know, when I do anything, when I write anything, I'm not writing it um, to the president of that company. I'm writing it uh, as if I were talking to the person in the field, because those are the guys and gals that are putting the hammer to the nail. Those are the folks that really need this advice to uh, hit home. So, um, you know, definitely a different perspective. Uh but my approach is all about grassroots. You know, I can talk to the president of, of, of all the companies that we interface with on a monthly basis. But if I'm not providing content for the, for the men and women that are out in the field, uh, and those are the ones that are really at risk, then I'm not doing my job. 
Yeah, no, you're right. That, and, and that's who we need to be speaking to. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that perspective kind of, you know, working its way into some of the NUCA uh, programs because NUCA already does a good job at that. But it's, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what you're going to bring to the table. So what, what are some of your plans for some of the NUCA programs? I know on the safety committee calls, we, we've talked about a number of different things and, and it's definitely challenging uh, right now to get that uh, get some of them going. But what what do you got going for us, man? So one of the things um, you know one, one, one of the things that we've got to get done is we have to get um, we have to get uh, the learning management system up and going. Um, the learning management system is what's going to allow all of our members to uh, get get our classes uh, enrolled. Um, uh, uh, get 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 people the access to the classes that they need. So we have a lot of you know. There's a lot of conversation around uh, train the trainer. There's a lot of conversation around competent person, but there's a lot of other opportunities to get OSHA ten, OSHA thirty hours at a at a you know you know at a seriously reduced cost um, uh, because of how how big we are, um, and you know getting that getting that training. Um, portion of it squared away is a crucial component because right now, uh, as it stands, um, we have no way of tracking who's taking what classes. We have no way of knowing which classes are most popular. We have no way of, tr- of uh, tracking uh, which classes are, are, um, are, uh, are, 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 are most popular at certain times of year. So once we are able to get metrics behind behind the uh, the classes that our folks need, I think that's when um, we're going to be an even more po- powerful organization and be able to deliver on the things that our members want. And we can then anticipate, hey, um, this class was popular in March. Let's make sure we showcase this class in March because at, at this time of year, this is when, you know, you know um, this particular event on earth is going to happen. So if you're going to, you know, go into the summertime, uh, if people need first aid CPR training, those are, you know, those, those types of things are going to be crucial moving forward. And I know for a fact that the implementation of a learning management system that tracks all of that information, uh, is going to be crucial, uh, for, uh, for, for, for the added value that we seek to give our, our members. Yep. I, I think you're right, and I'm I'm interested to see uh, some of those, uh, you know, coming out and because you know I've been through my OSHA ten and thirty and all that, but I mean that was probably twelve years ago. So I I need to get refreshed on on you know that kind of stuff, and you know that continual training is going to be I, I think important for anyone that's involved in safety. So I'm looking forward to that um, now. And one of the other things that uh, I'm interested in is the train the trainer program and kind of. We're going to go with that because I've been through that and, and, you know, it's a, it's a class I enjoy teaching. And one of the real benefits was when you go sit down in that class and, and, you know, George is teaching and, and Greg's up there helping and, and the two of them had such a great chemistry that, uh, I'm interested to see, man, how, how are you guys going to try and pick that up? I know there's been some talk of maybe trying to do that virtual, but, uh, where are y'all headed with that? That's an excellent question, Matt. You know, there are just some things that have to be done in person. You know, 
And I feel that to hold the integrity of that class and the um, and the value that 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 it should give to the person that's taking it, you know, it, I, I, I'm, it's, it's, it's just tough to, um, it's tough to try and do something like that virtually. I'm not counting it out. I'm not saying that it's not possible to have it done, um, on a virtual platform, but, um, right now, um, you know, this COVID pandemic thing really hit us, uh, behind the head. No one was expecting for this to happen. So, I think that's going to continue to be an in-person class until until we can figure out some way to deliver on that in a different platform, in a different way. Um, but um, that's a crucial class to the development of any um, of any competent person. And for that reason, I can't at this time see that class going anything but hands-on. So right now, we are hoping for that vaccine to really start taking hold and, 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 and being distributed so that we can get back to business as, as, uh, as usual. But, you know, you know, it would be foolish for us to think that this is the only pandemic that's going to hit us at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've got to be prepared for the future. Um, and, uh, taking a proactive approach to safety is no different, uh, than taking a proactive approach to learning. Uh, we have to have contingencies in place uh, to make sure that we can continue to to uh, function as normal or as normal as can be expected. Uh, but that's that's where we are with that. Okay. Well, good. I mean, that, that's what I want to hear. I, I know, uh, like I said, one of the one of some of the most value I got out of it was, you know, the interaction of being in that class and being able to interact with the teachers and the other people that were there to learn to to teach competent persons class and in you know i think that interaction of of everyone together in there was was uh was just fantastic and, yeah. and that's one of the things i love about safety directors forum too you know it, it's you know and, and for anybody that hasn't heard me say this before the safety directors forum that nuka puts on is just fantastic to have an opportunity to get in a room with other safety safety professionals from across the country and you know one of the great things is that, you know, safety, it, it, there's no competitors in safety. Everybody has to work together to keep their, their people safe and, and be able to share that information with folks from across the country, how they do it, what works well for them, what doesn't, what, you know, be able to share your experiences and, and gain some insight is just fantastic. Um, so what are we looking at moving forward for safety directors forum? I know COVID, you know, knocked us out this year, but I think we're going to get it going again. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to happen. And I'll tell you that, um, you know, the speakers, um, the speakers that I seek uh, to or the, or the types of speakers that I seek to um, uh, get involved in the safety directors forum is going to be one that provides an all encompassing view of not just the safety portion of it, but the risk management portion of it as well. You know, um, what, one of the things that uh, you typically find in the industry is you have, uh, uh, you know, I'd say generally speaking, you've got a lot of safety professionals that know a lot about safety. They know a lot about OSHA. Um, uh, they know a lot about uh, job planning and job hazard analysis. But the, 
at the same time, they also lack a lot of the, um, a lot of the, um, uh, uh, a lot of the knowledge on the financial side of the house, on the risk management side of the house. And I'll tell you, Matt, one of the, one of the other um, things that we should discuss, you know, and we should have a, you know, we should have an entire segment on this, an entire podcast on this, what I like to call the politics of safety, you know, that, you know, uh, and, and I don't mean to digress here a little bit, but um, the politics of safety. And what do I mean by that? I mean that, you know, um, you have a lot of companies out there that are not like yours. You have a lot of companies out there that uh, that put the dollar above safety. And, uh, and, and, and a lot of companies that, uh, if you, um, you know, they, 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 they see safety as a necessary evil, not as a necessary good. And so, uh, that puts the safety professional in a very precarious situation. It puts them in a bad spot, you know, because, um, they're, that you, you've got an owner. And, 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 and if the owner thinks that way, you know, that everyone else is going to think the same way. What the heck is safety doing for me? How do you measure safety? How do you, how, you know, how is me paying this individual, uh, 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 $60,000, $70,000 a year, uh, uh, to manage my, to, to be the safety manager? Uh, how is that bringing me any revenue at the end of the day? And, you know, that, that, that's, that's one of the beautiful things. And that's one of the curses about safety that the beauty, you know, the beauty of it is that you say that, that, that it's, it's, uh, it's impossible to calculate how much money you saved as a result of how many accidents you prevented. That's the beauty of it. But the curse of the, the, uh, other side of that coin is because you can't measure it. You have a lot of people that are not safety minded that don't know how to value that. And so that's why I call it the politics of safety. How do you, how do, how does the safety professional or how can the safety professional position themselves to always win? And the way that you do that is by really understanding the risk management side of the house. And I say that because when you're talking about risk management, you're talking about the insurance portion of the house, the insurance side of things. And every year, at the end of every year, you have uh, you have a policy year renewal. Renewals happen in the insurance industry. Renewals happen four times a year at the end of each quarter. So March, um, uh, June, um, October, and January 1st. Uh, so whenever you, it was that your company signed up, um, you have an opportunity at that point uh, to review your uh, to review all of your losses, all of your insurance losses, meaning what did you pay out in terms of an auto claim? What did you pay out in workers' compensation? What did you pay out in general li liability? Um, and 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 you know if you've managed as the safety manager, if you've managed uh, uh, and you've gotten other people in the operations group to work together with you. And, uh, and, and, and you got those numbers down. Well, guess what? That means that at the end of that policy year in 12 months, you're going to see a reduction in your premiums, not to the tune of hundreds of dollars, but to the tune of thousands of dollars. 
not only does that trickle, you know, so 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 not only does that have an, uh, a positive net effect on your um, on your bottom line, but it also has a positive effect on your EMR. It means you can bid on more jobs. It means you won't be turned down. Uh, it means that your EMR goes down. So you're looked at as a favorable contractor, um, you know, uh, so 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 all of those things. Uh, so. And so getting back to uh, the safety directors forum, uh, I'm going to look to uh, get attorneys involved, attorneys that work directly on workers' compensation cases, attorneys that work directly for the insurance companies that fight your medical workers' uh, compensation claims. I'm going to I'm going to look to get people from OSHA involved. You know, my my years in OSHA, um, I still have many friends all across the region. Uh, so whether we go to Texas in Division Six or whether we have the Safety Directors Forum in uh, Boston in Division One. Um, I've got friends all over the place that are more than willing to participate. Um, uh, so, you know, those are the types of speakers, engaging speakers that I'm looking to uh, invite and uh, have them share their wealth of knowledge so that we can all benefit. That That's awesome. And I think those type of speakers would be a real value to everyone because that, that, you know, I, I think that the risk management side of the things is, is the, the more difficult part to understand, you know, when you're talking safety out on the job site that, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You know, I know some people look at the OSHA manual and get intimidated, but I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. If they say shall, you better damn well do it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but so I, I think that would be uh, just some fantastic speakers and, you know, for what I just heard, you just signed yourself up to do another podcast. So, you know, I'm, I'm in, so, you know, and, and lot, I think a lot of what you were talking about comes down to how you build a safety culture. You know, because you're right. You've got to have management that's invested in safety to make it work. You've got to lead from the top down and then the bottom up. You know, it's got to you've got to build a culture where everyone buys in, including the the company owner. And so that, that that's definitely a challenge for any safety professional because a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of companies out there will hire a safety professional just to you know say they have one. Look, I've got a safety guy. Yep. Well, you we, you need more than that. You need commitment. Uh, so. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, I've uh, and I've seen it all, and I've got the emails to prove it, Matt. Um, you know, you got a lot of uh, uh, you got a lot of people out there, and you know, and this goes back to the politics of safety. You know, um, uh, but you got a lot of people out there. You got a lot of uh, uh, people in executive level positions that I call. And I'm not afraid to say it, and I'll say it to anyone's face if that's exactly what they are, because you know I shoot from the hip. But I call them E uh, EBTOs, EBTO executives by title only. And um, you know these are the these are the types of people that um, you know they 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 talk a crap game. Okay, they talk a crap game because the moment they open their mouths, you know that they're full of it. They talk a crap game and they tell you that they believe in safety and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And then uh, you see their folks come out onto the job site not knowing left from right. And, um, you know, uh, those are the people that have got to be called out. You know, those types of people have to be rooted out of our industry because they're the ones that make it uh unfortunately very hazardous and unsafe um but like you said 
that's another conversation for another podcast. And I'm looking forward to having it. Uh, I don't think it's an easy conversation to have because, you know, um, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't talk about, um, you know, as, as, you know, as much of an optimist as I am, and I am an optimist, you know, I, I, I see there being opportunity in everything, even in, even in failures. But um, sometimes it's hard to have the real discussion. You know, sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror and, and, and say, Hey, you know, this is really what's going on. And um, unless you confront it head on and grab the bull by the horns, you know, um, there is going to be no improvement. There is going to be no improvement. So um, executives by title only, I would say, are the most dangerous people in the safety industry. Um, um, but, you know, it's also important for the safety professional to know where they stand, you know, to know where they stand and to know their rightful place in that in that hierarchy, you know, in that structure. You know, um, uh, the fact of the matter is uh, that that safe that that you know the true owner the true owner of the safety program is not the safety ma- is is not the safety manager the true owner of a safety program is not the safety department the true owners of the safety program is the operations group they are the true owners of the of of all safety programs and if you look at if you look at the hierarchy in, in, in where a safety department or a safety director or a safety manager falls on that, on that, um, on that chart, um, uh, they are, you know, safety is part of support services. Safety doesn't run any work. Let's get that straight. Safety does not run any work. The true owners of a safety program is the, is starting at the top with the president of operations right down to the bottom of, of, uh, of, of, of that worker that works in the operations department that has been with the company for one day. We work for those people. We are a support group service. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think that's where building that safety culture comes into, into play because you know, you're, you're right. I mean, the number one goal of any any ditch digger, any excavation company, anybody out there laying pipe is to get pipe in the ground and to make money. But it's our job to step in and make sure that's all getting done safely. So everybody goes home to their families. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's putting themselves in danger. And so right. that's where that safety culture comes in. You've got to build a culture that inspires your guys to take ownership of their safety and and you know that's where things become challenging i think is how do you build that culture that inspires guys to take ownership of their safety because you're right we we don't own those programs the guys using those programs are the ones who own those programs so absolutely i agree with you 100 percent. but we're, we're going to start getting deep if we keep going on that one we might need to save that for the next podcast <laughs> sure. the uh i told you before we get on here i wouldn't put you on the spot but i'm gonna put you on the spot just a little bit oh no uh, the Toolbox Talks on, on, on Nuka's uh, website. Yeah. What are, what are our plans there, man? We've got some that need some updating, I think, you know, especially distracted driving. There's no mention of all the technology of, of today in there. No, you are 100% right. And I am working. In, in fact, I was working on on uploading the, the uh, 52 Toolbox Talks, four for each month, um, that are going to be available, hopefully, by mid 
next week okay. on the website. So um, on on so so you know so on there you'll find cold weather uh, cold weather training or cold weather uh, uh, safe work training uh, in January. You'll find hot weather uh, and heat related illnesses. Um, uh, toolbox talk training in uh, June, July, and August. You'll find um, uh, um, things like uh, driving safely uh, in, in you know in the fall when all the leaves start to fall off the trees and you can hydroplane on stuff like that. You'll find this, uh, uh, at least on a quarterly basis in there is going to be the same toolbox talk on the defensive driving principles, the Smith system defensive driving p- principles that talk about you know aim high in steering, get the big picture. Uh, keep your eyes moving, leave yourself an out, um, make sure they see you. So um, all of those things are coming down the pike and very, very quickly. So um, I got, so, so I'm glad I had an answer for you. I thought your question was going to be tougher, but thank (laughs) goodness it wasn't. No, I I, I love Nuka's uh, Toolbox Talk database. They've got some great information in there. But like I said, some of them just need a little bit of updating. So I mean that that that's fantastic to hear that you guys are already on it because that's yep. a, a, a yep. those those are just such a wonderful tool to have. Yes, sir. You, you know, a Toolbox Talk is really um, a great way to press the you know to have people have have the operations superintendent press the pause button and you know maybe gain a different perspective on how they always saw that you know i can tell you for a fact that uh the toolbox talk on the smith system defensive driving principles now that uh those principles are what uh all fedex drivers all dhl drivers all ups drivers uh are trained to uh so um you know it it, it's very useful and when i went through the class about uh say 14 years ago um i never drive i mean i used to be a hothead i used to drive you know 90 miles an hour and, 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 you know, get, get from point A to point B as fast as I could. But once I saw that, you know, I, um, I kind of slowed down and, and, and I saw the bigger picture, you know, it's not about how fast I get from point A to point B. It's about how safe I get there. And, and, you know, the Smith system defensive driving principles even, even talks about your health. You know, when you're driving, uh, like a maniac, your cortisol, uh, your your cortisone levels are 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 spiking through the roof. Well, guess what? That's what that's you know that's one of the things that uh, th- you know that that th- those cortisone levels are one of the things that lead to heart disease and other bad things. So you're constantly in a state of stress, and um, um, that's not what you want. You know, the more stressed you are, the less you're going to live. And when they when when uh, when when people say that stress is the silent killer believe them because it's true yep you're right all right man i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap us up there because i think you know you get a couple of safety guys together i think we could talk all damn afternoon on some of this stuff <laughs> let's then i'm 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 all for it i'm all yeah. for it i can have a, a conversation about this any day of the week but you know definitely looking forward to uh talking to you about uh, uh you know about having a discussion on the politics of safety and i'll tell you matt i would i would really uh welcome that opportunity to get a couple of other uh, safety directors involved in this conversation because it'd be get, good to get some perspective on what they've seen. Yeah, no, I'm, I think that'd be fantastic. So uh, let's just take this opportunity to put it out there, guys. Uh, you know, th- this this podcast, uh, you know, we, we reach Nuke of Middle Tennessee and Nuke of East Tennessee, and I know we've got listeners 
outside of Tennessee. So any of you safety guys out there listening that want to jump in this conversation, maybe we'll uh, we'll do maybe a little panel discussion podcast with Carl and, and talk about the politics of, of safety. And I think that'd be a fantastic topic for, for everyone to hear. So if you're interested, reach out to me or and Natalie and Carl and, and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll put something together because uh, I think that would just be fantastic, man. That sounds good. And I'll tell you what, uh, uh, just, just to uh, end this off on the right way, um, you know, there are a lot of benefits that come from being a member at NUCA. And, uh, um, um, you know, if you're not a member, join today. If you want reasons why you should join, you know, reach out to Matt, reach out to myself. Uh, there are plenty of reasons to join. A lot of exciting things are coming down the pike in 2021, and y'all want to be a part of it. Don't miss it. Absolutely. I can't, I can't you know, back up what he's saying enough. It, it's a fantastic organization. But, um, right, well, with that, Carl, like I said, we've been going for about half an hour here, so I'll, I'll wrap it up because I, I think we could, we could keep going for a while. But, uh, man, I really appreciate you joining us and, and, and coming on the show. I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. All right, guys. Uh, Carl has left the recording. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that. I am, like I said earlier, really, really looking forward to the energy that Carl is going to put into the NUCA safety program. You know, NUCA is um, already got great safety materials and great safety personnel, and George did such a great job. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, Carl being able to put his spin and his take on what NUCA already has and continue to improve their safety program. So this is just just an exciting time for anybody involved with NUCA or that wants to get involved with NUCA for the safety program because it, it's just I think it's going to do some great things. Um, and so with that, guys, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this one up. But a um, uh, few, few chapter notes, the NUCA of East Tennessee holiday party is canceled. Um, you know, the spike in COVID has gotten everybody, you know, a little gun shy for indoor events. And so we're both East and Middle are working on some uh you know other ways to do virtual or responsible events and you know we, we got to be creative and you know and and meet the challenge and we're going to do that that's you know that's that's what we do so we're gonna we're gonna be getting some stuff out to you guys very soon uh we're working on some good programs some responsible socially responsible uh events to put together for both chapters uh some more virtual events I don't know if anybody had the opportunity to make the Nuke of Middle Tennessee ho- virtual holiday party. It turned out to be really good, um, and I want to, uh, and I want to, again congratulate um, Neil Wilson for uh, winning the the membership contest. Uh, got the heated jacket in the plaque where he recruited the most people this year. Recruited four new members by himself. That's freaking awesome. Uh, and I want to congratulate Heather Jones, our, who was our interim executive director. She was a she was awarded the the honorary Ditch Digger of the Year award. And then uh, I want to congratulate Stephen Whitehouse from United Rentals uh, for being named this year's Nuka Mill Tennessee Ditch Digger of the Year. Um, very very deserving for for Stephen. He's um, you know been a huge partner to us from the beginning, getting this thing going, and not just uh, I, I'm I'm not just don't by uh, donations and giving money and although United Rentals does plenty of that and and we very much appreciate that but Stephen giving his time to the to the chapter and he he stepped up to head the membership committee when we started it uh, and that was before he was even on the board of directors and then when we asked him to step up and be on the board of directors he stepped up again so 
you know, Stephen continues to step up to the challenge, and it, it's well-deserved. So I can't thank Stephen enough, Heather enough, for all the work she did in the interim position as we we transitioned from Judah into the search process to to find a new executive director. So it was uh, it, it, it's been a very good and exciting year for Nuka of Middle Tennessee. And I want to thank everybody listening and everybody that participates in the chapter that that helps us out. It was just a very, very wonderful year, a lot of growth, a lot of lot of great uh, momentum moving forward so we're looking forward to 2021 uh, and then I want to congratulate Nuka of East Tennessee as well they had a very successful first year got a great executive director in place um, and are moving forward already coming up with good events already putting a good schedule together so both chapters are rocking and rolling so um, I, you guys got a lot to look forward to out of Nuka in Tennessee for 2021 so um, and with that, guys, I'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, thanks to Carl for coming on. That was a wonderful, wonderful talk. Uh, I meant to say this to you, Carl, while we were recording, uh, but thank you for your service. Appreciate that. Um, but with that, guys, y'all stay safe out there and keep digging, Tennessee.